How's it going, Modern Eater family? We've got a good one for you today. We're at the beautiful Grey Wolf Resort in Victor, Colorado, and we're about to go foraging. We're with Nate Rockwood right now. And Nate, this happens every single Saturday? Every Saturday through Airbnb Experiences, we take a group of up to 10 people foraging. You can uh, book online right now if you want to through the rest of the summer. But um, at our feet, actually, is something that is quite tasty. It tastes like pineapple. And so we're just going to start right into it. Might as well, right? So we'll start right here. These little flower heads right here is a chamomile flower. And this is going to taste just like a pineapple. So it's going to blow your mind because you're like, oh my gosh, this is a weed. Now, what would a... you use this for? Well, you know, those tacos we had for lunch that Chef made earlier would have been stellar with this. We had a nice little um, pineapple y, you know, citrusy type of flavor. Um, you could use it for a variety of different things. On salads, obviously, it'd be good. Um, you could pick them and let them dry out and then uh, apply them as a spice. Uh, so to give you an idea, Victor, Colorado, we're outside of Cripple Creek, and this is exactly what you can do, too. It's Airbnb Experiences, and Nate Rockwood here with us. He's a chef as well. This is just an example of what we're going to be doing right here. But, Chef, jump in here. We've got to talk to you, too. What would you do with this right here? Oh, man, like, like Nate was saying, uh, any sort of spice, any uh, garnish on top of something fresh, I think uh, in a salad would be awesome. Kind of get an Asian-inspired salad with a, kind of that tropical fruit flair to it. Anything like that would be awesome. When you think of foraging, you think of the terroir or the taste of that particular region. What kind of things are we going to run into here when we look at the property name? Oh, all kinds of stuff. we got wild tarragon, sage, wild onions. Um, just flavors that you might find in a domesticated variety that you're going to find in its natural state. It's going to really just blow your minds. Let's take a look around. we got to get ingredients for dinner. Well, might as well, yeah. So as we start walking here, we're going to take a look at a couple other things. Uh, mostly just down below us, we have a, a sage here. This is a fringe sage, um, so easy to identify. Mostly from its smell here, if you guys take it and just crush it. And, oh, wow. Um, fringe sage is more of a medicinal. It's... Ooh. Definitely edible though in small quantities and uh, won't necessarily be bad for you in large quantities. Just might uh, upset your stomach a little bit. But this uh, flavor, of course, it's a great aromatic. So we use this oftentimes to enhance different flavor profiles that we're working with just to add some of that sage flavor, but again, in more of an aromatic sense versus uh, a main ingredient, um, fringe sage. And we also have another sage around here that we'll see um, probably as we get uh, back around on this other side, but just a neat tasty ingredient again Usually I'll use this with uh, elk venison any uh, any game meats um, Just a nice little tasty aromatic that we can add to um, Just about anything we're doing and again We have to think about you know most of the pharmaceutical industry nowadays is, is based all around recreating nature And so we'll find different things including oh, let's go take a look actually at the aspen tree right now It's right over here, um, but the aspen tree of course um, is one of the trees that we find in Colorado, native of Colorado, but it's uh, something that was turned into what we now often take as aspirin. And so aspen uh, has this bark on it, this white bark. Um, and from that white bark, you get this powder, and that powder um, can be used to make a tea. You can use it as sunscreen. It's got a variety of different things you can use it for, but um, also something can be used as a blood thinner. Um, you can turn this into um, a number of different things, like I said, that will have the same effects as aspirin. And so if you just happen to be out in nature and you have a headache or altitude sickness, this is an easy uh, medicinal that you can use and apply. Again, you can also use it as sunscreen. Just wipe the powder off and, and rub it right on yourself. If you guys want to taste it, it's going to taste a lot like an aspirin tablet. 
Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So obviously you're very well versed in foraging and those types of things that are growing on your property. But those people that want to educate themselves or, or learn more, I mean, you can't go around and taste everything that's growing. No, no, anything. it's definitely not the way to do it. So I learn from a mentor. Typically you want to learn either from a mentor or someone who already has the skill set or the knowledge or just work on it yourself slowly. And the key, of course, is make sure that you can identify the plant to make sure you know that that's exactly what it is that you're tasting. There's plenty of books out there. Um, we certainly recommend that you get some books that have photographs, color photographs up close so you can identify the plants. But uh, for the most part, once you kind of build a repertoire, kind of like with cooking, you can identify, okay, I know just like, you know, Julianne, this is what, uh, you know, fringe sage looks like. This is what, um, chamomile flower looks like and this is how I can identify it. So identifying first, I mean everything seemingly is edible but it's not. Definitely, well n definitely not. So I just want to be careful, um, you know, typically in any small quantity you should be okay with most things but you never want to try and test the water so to speak. So especially with things like mushrooms you really want to make sure that you um, have identified something like a mushroom that is an edible mushroom not a poisonous one. Um, but for the most part, um, you can certainly, you know, pick and look at stuff, and usually you're using um, different things to identify it, whether it be the, the stalk of the plant, the, the, the leaf, the stem structure, or the flower itself. And so we'll use actually the flower to identify most of the plants we'll be doing just because we're in that season. But you also have to think about throughout the course of the year, many different seasons, so plants are going to look different. Um, you're also going to see things differently based on your elevation. So we're here at 10,000 feet, a little bit different up here. 10,000 feet, it is July 4th, and happy 4th of July to all of us uh, celebrating our independence. But it's a beautiful 70 degrees as we walk around this property. This is what you want to do, too. Let's carry on. Yeah, absolutely. So up here, it never gets above about 70, 75 degrees. We do have some beautiful little daisies right here that you could eat. Uh, just flower tops are um, edible, again, in small quantities. Uh, now, great garnishes, right, Chef? Great oh, garnishes. beautiful yeah. garnishes, yeah. Uh, some of the dignitaries here with us today, Chef James Doxson. He's the culinary director of Vibe Concepts. We have Chef Jeff Jabot also has his food truck, Hesher Barbecue. And then uh, we have Michelle, Nate's girlfriend, Ryan Evans, and Rachel uh, from Brews Beers. Couple of kiddos running around, and we have Sarah, James Doxson's wife, and we also have Jonna from Colorado Mill Sunflower Products. So we have a full house today as we go around, and this is a perfect size for a tour, isn't it, Nate? Yeah, this is about typical. We usually have up to 10 guests on that tour. Like I said, again, every Saturday on Airbnb Experiences, it's called Wild Chef Edible Adventure. Um, we'll be having them throughout the summer and all the way into October, November, obviously. And each time you come, it might be a little different. So if you come once, you certainly can come during another season and get a different taste and a different um, idea of what is out there. Um, so if you're coming to watch this video for the foraging, also note the Grey Wolf Resort, greywolfresort.com. You can check them out online and also has housing available for you to rent out through Airbnb as, as well. Yeah, so we have quite a few different uh, uh, lodging places that are available year round, of course. Uh, everything from uh, the cottage to the barn lodge, just a variety of different options. And then there's plenty of stuff to do in the area. Um, we highly encourage outdoor activities much like this. So hiking obviously is one of them. Fishing, backpacking, mountain biking, uh, you name it. So below us we're going to identify a poisonous plant actually just so we're aware of it. But this is a sweet pea right here. So this is going to produce a yellow flower. This is Troy Gard from Tag Restaurant Group. You saw me playing a little air guitar. So good. And when I'm not rocking, I'm watching The Modern Eater, like you should be too. 
Hey, you guys, Jay here with the Modern Eater Show. Thanks for watching. Don't forget about our YouTube and Instagram channels. A lot of killer content over there. Throw us a subscribe on YouTube. Throw us a follow on Instagram. And thank you for supporting TME. We couldn't do this without our amazing sponsors, so let's check them out right now. Very proud to be part of the, the Modern Eater. And uh, chefs, restaurant owners, any food service operators, you know, I know right now that uh, delivery and carry out is bigger than ever, and we got you covered. Uh, Cambro uh, has a full line of uh, delivery and carry out items. More economical options are expanded polypropylene or EPP, a uh, nice insulated container. Uh, the Procard Ultra is really versatile. It's a great unit because you could actually store cold products down here, hot products up here. It's all 120, there's no refrigeration worries. It's all thermodynamics. Just let us know what your food service challenges are, what it is we can do to help you out, and there isn't anything that we can't do for you. So uh, hope to see you over here in our facility in Park Hill soon and uh, stay safe out there. You know everybody with several million dollars of hard assets here insurance is very very important to us. Ewing Levitt covers it all. Machinery, building, workman's comp. Ewing Levitt's got us covered from the floor to the ceiling. From our alley even to the street. This divider, this press, my cooling conveyor, my oven. Ow, ow. Ewing Levitt covers our counter stacker and our employees too. If you need insurance, take it from Little Rich at Rockalitas. Call Ewing Levitt, they'll get you covered. Hey, this is Keegan from D-Bar in Denver. You guys might find it difficult to stay in touch and stay up to date with the ever-changing culinary scene in Colorado. It's almost impossible. Just tune in to Modern Eater. These guys have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in all of the food and beverage in all of Colorado. They're behind us. They understand the idea of shopping local and shopping small. To support them, you support us. And it's commonly mistaken for being an edible legume because it is in the legume family and the flowers do taste like peas, but it is actually poisonous. It would take quite a bit of it to poison you, but uh, again, commonly mistaken as an edible, but in fact poisonous. So keep an eye out for these. Again, they'll produce a yellow flower. We'll probably see some more of them that are in flowering state as we uh, continue along our walk. And as good as it is to point out and, and pick up the edible, it's, it's good to identify stuff that you should not mess with as well. Absolutely, especially uh, one like that that, again, is commonly mistaken for being edible because it does taste uh, like a pea and does produce a legume and look like a legume that is commonly edible. Yeah, that's crazy. You did? Oh, look. So Jack's found some mushrooms over here. As far as mushrooms go, for the most part, we'll only consume what's known as a puffball. This is not a puffball. Puffball is easily identifiable because it's a puffball and there's no gills on it. This one, however, is likely going to have gills, yep, right underneath. So this may be a baby portobello, maybe something that's edible. Wouldn't want to guarantee that, though, until we um, cross-reference it with a book to make sure it's identif identifiable as an edible one. But certainly something we can look at. And That strikes me as a great idea. So it's not bad to have a basket to just harvest whatever exactly, you can see yep. and then go back to identify Absolutely, it and that's the best way to do it. That yep. sounds great. Anybody have a question? No questions. 
So I've got another mushroom in my hand here, and we'll actually hopefully be able to find some puffballs as we get to the bottom of the hill here. Uh, Nate's just a wealth of knowledge here, obviously, and it's just so good to learn and have this experience with him, especially as a chef. It's, you know, foraging is always something that I feel like most chefs, uh, you know, live for, but we don't get to have that experience as much as we would like to. Right. And so just being here with Nate and experiencing this is something really cool. And, uh, and, and I'm sure I can come back and have some fun with Nate and cook some good food after we forage again. Absolutely. So we're going to be looking uh, for a few different things here. We're going to keep our eyes out for some wild onion. There's some right here. Oh, which Marley just found. Yep. Marley, what'd you find? Wild onion. So onion's a great one. So the top of it's going to just taste like a green onion, if you guys want to taste it. Onion's a great one because we all know what onion tastes like. And the only thing in nature that tastes like an onion is an onion, and it's edible. So if you ever found an onion or something that looks like an onion and tastes like an onion and that likely is an onion and is edible. And so, of course, that's the top of the onion. And underneath we have a little bulb just like you would find right and these are domesticated now to become much bigger obviously Love and large do you want to taste that one chef yeah, so they're quite tasty now how do these find their way just oh. randomly anywhere nature uh, typically birds obviously um, a variety of different things will, will um, eat them and then move them around in their excrement um, you also can see uh, they'll get stuck you know sometimes seeds will get stuck to uh, uh, fur and feathers and be brought around but again this flower is how you identify that onion and then you can follow the flower all the way down, and that's where you'll find more of those little bulbs. Love that. The flower is beautiful. Yep. It tastes beautiful. The whole thing's edible, top I think to bottom. This, I think this, can we collect some of these? Sure, for our absolutely. So salad? now that you know what it looks like, yeah, absolutely. Parsnip salad? Yep. I've got a knife if you want to. <laughs> Let's do it. Do you, want, do you need a knife to dig out the root? No, I don't think so. Okay. The ground's well, pretty that's soft. That's just, uh, yeah. just, yeah. So here, yeah, so you we'll can see, so as yeah. you keep yeah. finding them, and then if you want to get down and dig nice. either with your fingers or get that bulb out, Mm -hmm. I've got a knife on me if you need. Um, here's another one here that is uh, the wild alpine strawberry. See this red vein here? Follows back to this leaf pattern. So this strawberry is not necessarily going to produce any berries at this altitude. If it does, though, it will in the next few months. It might because we have quite a bit of rain. If you were to go down in elevation, though, you'd probably see some berries starting to develop. This is one of those as well? Yep. Beautiful. Yep. Question, Nate, uh, yep. it's great that we're walking around Grey Wolf Resort right now, but others might be thinking, boy, I'd certainly love to have Nate come to my property. Is that something that's... Yeah, actually, so we just finished up a uh, private dinner at the Trout Creek Villa, and uh, so kind of what we do now is this rustic, uh, high-end mountain um, kind of private catering, and we kind of tailor to um, specifics. So it happens to be a trout villa that we were at. They have this beautiful... Uh, ground where you can go fishing and obviously we did a little foraging on their property found some mint and a few other things some lavender into the dinner. and you turned that right around that same time yeah yeah so certainly something that's fun to do um, we'll keep our eyes out for some more of that wild onion for a chef's potato salad there Michelle in order to get a hold of you guys here at the Grey Wolf Resort could you tell us the best method yeah, so um, we are on a line on our website which is the greywolfresort.com it's G-R-E-Y and it has our phone number on there, and um, our email is greywolfresort at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks. So here we've got another um, plant that's uh, usually easy to identifi identifiable, excuse me, by the flower. Um, but this is a rose hip or a rose? 
-hmm. and it'll produce a little bud, a little berry that's uh, quite tasty. Uh, most of those berries aren't developed on these yet because this is a newer growth, but we'll look for more of these and we'll try and get some more of those um, berries and try and taste them. The rose hip is what it produces. And commonly we use rose hips in tea, but in a survival situation or in just a situation in nature, those rose uh, hip buds are just good to snack on, high in antioxidants and vitamin C. Is this a rock crop? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is a stone crop or rock crop right here. This is a succulent. If you'd like to try this, Chef, I bet you'd love it. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> What's going on, everybody? This is Brother Luck from Lucky Dumplin', 4 by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs, and I am rocking with the modern eater. You're watching them, you're tasting them, you're knowing everything there is to know about Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here. Our new Belgian Abbey 4-pack is a mixed package of the four core beers made in Abbey and Trappist breweries in Belgium. So we have a single, a double, a triple, and a quadruple in one package. Now, quadruples are the emperors of Belgian monastery ales. They're dark in color uh, with a dense tan head and alcohol ranging from 8 to 12%. So they're pretty strong. Quadruples are very rich and complex with big maltiness, uh, spice, and flavors of raisins, cherries, and plums. Alcohol is apparent in the mouthfeel, but not overwhelming, uh, even at 10.5% ABV. So the finish is long, complex, and dry, and they're great beers anytime, by themselves or with hearty foods. Pick up your Abbey 4-pack at either Brews location, 67th and Pencos, or at Colfax in York, and at fine liquor stores throughout the Denver metro area. Take home some Belgian-style badassery today. Hi. <laughs> this is for the outtake version. What's up, Denver? I'm Chef Natasha Hess, and this is Chef Carrie Baird, and we are at the Ginger Pig. Check us out, gingerpig.com. You can also see us on themoderneater.com. Thanks, everybody. It's cornstarch. I know. It's cool. Uh, this is a succulent that's uh, known as rock crop or stone crop. It's uh, uh, very, not necessarily bland, but very mild in flavor. Um, again, really good for you, high in vitamins. Uh, C antioxidants. Excuse me, Marlon. Let's see if I can grab some more. Um, and just a tasty succulent again in a survival situation that would be um, a good addition to your um, repertoire to have, and then also a great addition on salads. I was gonna say, tacos. Yeah, you name it. Put that in a salad. I mean, just you think of like like we were talking about earlier down in Denver. Uh, you know that altitude and purslane. You know everybody. Everybody mm -hmm. knows that as like a, Another a, a yeah. weed that grows in between sidewalks, um, but it's edible. And, uh, you know, that just reminds me of that. So here we've got some dandelion. What's uh, that? This, I'm not sure if that looks like it might be a wild hop or something. Why don't we take that back to identify it? Sure, we can do that. So we've got some books back in the barn lodge. Oh, Jack's got some dandelions, what we were looking at here. 
This dandelion happens to have a cow pie next to it, so we're not necessarily going to snack on that one, but uh, this one looks like it's okay. But as Jack and Marley are here with us, I also want to point out, teachers, if you're watching this, what a great educational experience oh, absolutely. for your students to come out and connect with agriculture. And Folks, this is really what we say is the best of the best. If you're looking for those ways to connect with agriculture and it's a little intimidating to you, this is a good segue to get in back into agriculture and connect with your farm. Well, and all parents are teachers, so if you're a parent out there and you want to bring your kids, we are a host to families. Actually, it's the majority of our business is families and kids. So yeah. dandelion is edible from uh, from the, the top to the bottom, so from the flower all the way through the stem to the leaf. Um, down to the root um, dandelion is edible in a city i might suggest against eating dandelions just because you have quite a bit of um you know. edible but is there any nutritional value to it at all i mean in oh what absolutely would you eat a dandelion uh and in nature you would absolutely in fact there's a new uh water that's been released that has dandelion extract in it so kind of a new craze but um very, very good for you as long as you're finding something in the wild, again, that's not full of uh, pesticides and chemicals like you might find in a city where they'd pump the lawn full of it. And dandelion is quite tasty and um, just a nice color, too, so again, great for salads. Ryan Evans, Bruce Beers. We're working on a dandelion saison at the yeah. brewery, so nice. just, uh, everything you talked about for those reasons. Yeah. So as we're walking around and we're seeing this foraging, there's a couple of things that, that you've identified and said, man, I can make a beer with that. Oh, yeah. That first one with the pineapple Camomile, would yeah. just be yeah. fantastic yeah. You know, on, on so many levels. Even an IPA would be benefit from that one. Well, I think it'd be fun, too, if you want to you know, come out and do a little foraging adventure and then uh, take it back and do a And brew it up. Or something. Yeah, this is great. Yep. Hang on to that. So as we come down to the bottom of the hill here, we've got a garden that we developed here. Uh, kind of a terrace garden that's designed to uh, maximize the use of the land. And we grow potatoes in it, onions, and garlic. And this year it's fallow, however, meaning it's just going to sit vacant until next year. And then we'll plant it again. Over now, here. Hey, is this uh, all, is the grass all, you know, harvested from the cattle yep so, yeah so this we have all, a this I'm is a natural cut off natural yeah. lawnmower natural yeah. lawnmowers <laughs> so uh, over here we should have some juniper so juniper produces a little berry yep here we go little green berry juniper. juniper is the common uh flavoring or uh, spice used in gin, of course. Mm -hmm. You can My taste favorite. these berries. Yeah, as a green berry as a purple berry, where it's essentially fully ripe, and also as a, a more of a yellow or a red berry after it's dried. You see how this uh, plant started to turn color here. This is the leftover from last year's fall plant that wintered. Then we have the new growth this year. And again, as you turn these up, you should be able to see some berries underneath them. What do you think of the flavor on that, Chef? It's good. It's good. So we use juniper a lot with pork, obviously. Yep. Pork. I, when I think juniper, I think pork, lamb, you know, uh, uh, any sort of mountain game, you know, uh, elk and deer and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. So I just, like you mentioned with the sage earlier, this juniper flavors, sage, and then add some, you know, fresh berries uh, with, with those kind of game meats. Man. We did a heritage pork taco with the juniper syrup and a cactus slaw this last week. So, 
Um, not as many berries on this plant, but as we now that you know what the juniper looks like, obviously you're welcome to forage some more of it. So it looks like Michelle's got quite a bit of the wild onions, and so does Marley for his chef's potato salad here later. Yeah. Love it. Yes. Your parsnip salad, right? Yeah. Oh, Haley. Very good. So one of the things we're going to see now as we come down below here, this is what's known as Eight Mile Creek. There's several Eight Mile Creeks in the area, but um, you're going to see a new addition of different plant growth because we've got a water source so likely to find things like mint down here um, um, variety of other things that you might not necessarily find uh, away from the water and so we'll keep our eyes out for um, some tasty foraging over here as we get closer to the creek um, below us of course we've got grass that's the main staple diet of the cows that we raise um, Amongst it, though, we do have here's some wild tarragon, Chef, right at your foot. Ooh, hey. Oh, love it. Yeah, if you want to taste some, that. Yeah, get some of that. It's a wild uh, tarragon oh, right here. That is fresh. Yeah. That is good. So this one? Mm-hmm. Going to have a licorice flavor, a little bitter. Yeah. Now, again, if you were to find that plant, you want to look for the smaller ones, the baby ones, the baby varieties of it. Right. So again, a wild tarragon with that licorice flavor. Put that in some tea. What'd you find, Marley? My name's Alex Seidel from Fruition Mercantile, Fruition Farms in Chook. If you like vegetables as much as I do, make sure you tune into The Modern Eater. Modern Eater, we love you guys. This is Amber with Northern Colorado Potatoes, reminding everyone that potatoes grown here are truly rooted in love and rooted in a long history of being grown in this area. Early 1900s reports show that this was either the largest or one of the largest potato producing areas in the nation. Other states have had some amazing branding, but don't forget we have all your favorite varieties and more you love to cook and eat, including russet. Support local potatoes, you won't be disappointed. It's Caroline Glover. I'm the chef owner of Annette out at Stanley Marketplace. Citrus is about to be in its prime. And you're watching the Modern Eater show. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Yep, so Marley found some mint here. It's got a little dirt on it. but Mint is another one of those ones, a lot like onion, where if it smells like mint and tastes like mint, it's likely mint, and it's likely 
edible. It's just like an onion. So, mm-hmm. my guess is this. Rinse it with a little beer. Yeah, I rinse it with a little beer there. Oh, that's good. Oh, here's the puff balls. Yep. Yep. So a puff ball. That's we can identify and we can eat that one that without strong. Uh, stress. That's strong. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That, so again, that spearmint kind of flavor. Yeah. This is a, uh, probably a, this is a horse mint, is my guess. Very um, close to spearmint. But yeah, a little bit more so. Um, would be good for a toothache, things like that. Tasty just to chew on to freshen your breath, of course. Mm-hmm. These uh, puffball mushrooms down here are edible, so. These pups are having a blast. Yeah, so we are pet friendly, obviously, so we love having animals around. Just make sure if they chase chickens that you keep them on a leash. Yeah. So to the left of us is Phantom Canyon Road. It's a historic national scenic byway. Goes from uh, Canyon City all the way up here to Victor, Colorado. <laughs> oh my God. So you can see this is where the dogs got muddied earlier. <laughs> that is a dandelion. Yeah, and the next to it is the uh, pea that's uh, poisonous. Anyone wants any more mint? Well, mint? what a beautiful property you have here. This is a, more like a spearmint. I feel like anybody from any part of the state or out of the state even uh, would be find themselves lucky to find a gem like this and come stay and have an amazing time with you guys. Well, certainly it's been a great weekend, of course. Anytime that we have someone come visit, it's helping support a small family farm and ranch. So it does a lot for us and helps the state promote agriculture, which is uh, one of our big industries, obviously, and we may not realize it, but they need all the support they can get right now. Absolutely. It's like... Your visitors to Grey Wolf come far and wide, too. We do. We've had folks come from as far as the United Kingdom before. Uh, wow. After they viewed the modern eater. I think that it's just uh, merely turning a camera on here and showing what you have going on is reason enough to come. So as we kind of come up this valley here, we're going to take a right and take a visit by the soldiers camp, which is where um, we played host to a variety of soldiers who have come here to train with the United States military. And uh, we'll be playing host to some army chaplains from the Colorado National Guard in September. And hopefully we can find some more juniper around that area and check out the outdoor cooking camp. You can smell that mint. You want some more? Sure. Oh, here's the uh, pea plant we saw earlier with the flower on it. Next to it is the whisk broom parsley right here. This is an edible. However, it's um, close to uh, and very similar to the hemlock, so can be mistaken sometimes, but we know this is whisk broom parsley right here, so it's in the carrot family. 
so edible again from top to bottom. Here's some more of that parsley in a smaller state. Yeah. That's cool. You can see it. It's obviously related to carrot with the uh, leaves. Yes, actually. So that's the once you kind of get into plant uh, biology and botany, so to speak, you start to identify plants based on leaf patterns, stems, uh, and then the flower, of course. And so, how long have you been working on kind of growing your repertoire of identifying and and these kind of things? And uh, and then I guess I have a follow-up question after that. Sure, so it's been about eight years, I'd say, my first class as a student when I was working on my sustainable food service management degree. Um, it was just a wilderness plants class, um, and then it evolved from there, taking some more of those classes, and then just learning from uh, my mentor into now where he comes out once a year and we just keep adding to it. Uh, you know, human beings are incredible. You know, if you keep working on something, you get better at it, and so... Um, learn more each time. So. That's fantastic. The follow-up question is, have you ever eaten anything wrong or poisonous and gotten very sick from it? No, uh, personally no, because again, I'm pretty uh, smart as far as being sure to know that whatever it is, is the right thing. And if, if in, when in doubt, you know, just don't consume it. I think that's the key. So. Right. That's a good good note to keep in mind. <laughs> yes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start to hike up this hill here. It's a bit of a hike, but at the top of it, you'll see the uh, soldiers' camp. We'll hang out there for a second and check out what was built by cooks and chefs in the United States military from our special forces. Now we use it for uh, outdoor cooking, uh, also listed on Airbnb Experiences, uh, Colorado Outdoor Cooking Class. Marley's found some more juniper here. And is there more berries on it? Yep. Probably teeny tiny, yep. Yep, more of these green berries. Anyone who hasn't tried the juniper, if you want to try the juniper. Whoops. When do those ripen, usually? Uh, about a month from now, let's start to turn that purple color that you might find if you were to buy juniper yep. in the store. Right yeah, there's a couple. Is that different? More of that rock crop or stone crop is right here. Mm -hmm. Can I have that one? This one's really good. Tasty. It's a succulent, so good antioxidants, good water content. Um, just a fun one. I eat this oftentimes when I'm working on fence for the cows. This more of that uh, wild parsley right here? The whisk broom parsley, yep. Whisk parsley. Looks like. Yep. And are these, what, what do we got here? These that look like I'm they want to be edible, but... Not sure what that one is, actually, off the top of my head. Um, now, not sure. A lot sure. of times in nature, Nate, there's mm -hmm. plants that exist because of a symbiotic relationship, especially in the region. Are there any plants that you recognize on your property that work together as a whole? Uh, absolutely. Um, so below us, we've got some Indian paintbrush here. Um, but um, I'd say right now... In comparison to three years ago, the variety of plants has um, increased as well as the amount of forage that's available because of the ruminants. So um, again, in um, modern day agriculture, we don't do a lot of um, rotating of animals or crops, and so we end up stripping the soil. And here we do a lot of ruminants, so uh, grazers. 
This Indian paintbrush is edible, by the way. Um, yeah, yep. it is. Really. Yep. However, it is um, it's considered to be something. It's going to make you a little um, make make your throat constrict. Yep. <laughs> so, you want to try some Indian paintbrush there? Again, lots of this rot crop. So that symbiotic relationship here anyway has a lot to do with the cows uh, eating the grasses and then, you know, creating excrement, obviously, which helps create more topsoil. Um, where most agriculture nowadays is so focused on one specific crop, um, you end up losing a lot of that topsoil. And so um, we'll see that here. It's at a little bit of a hill, so... Bear with us as we work on breathing because the air is not so thick. Yeah, 10,000 feet. Uh, yeah. It's a while to get used to, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Tons of onions below us here. This is part of the reason we want to stop by. Lots of this Indian paintbrush, great addition to salads. Mm -hmm. Plenty of the rock crop as well. More of that whisk broom parsley. Now, this property has a health and wellness aspect to it. Michelle, as we're walking up here and we're all getting a semi-winded good workout. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about some of the things that you do here as far as education through um, fitness. Yeah, so... Um Hi, I'm Amber with Strohauer Farms. And I'm just here to remind you that the best potatoes are grown here in Colorado. Goodness elevated. Thanks for watching the Modern Eater Show. Hey, Zach Kreider here, Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, let me try it one more time, then we'll see. Hey, restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon. <laughs> First, we partner with the best farmers in the world. And then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com. Hey Modern Eater fans, I'm Don Trobo with the Annex by Ardent Mills and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa. It's just like the South American stuff but grown locally. We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states 
who are in the process of, of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff Nations from Aspen Baking Company. It's really important right now to support local. That's why I support the Modern Eater. Now, back to the show. We try to marry agriculture and nutrition and fitness um, in the outdoors and in nature, which is the best place for it. So um, Nate kind of brings the culinary aspect to it. I bring some of the nutrition aspect to it. And then just living out here, we're able to do a lot of fitness things just by working the farm and the ranch. Yeah, ask these guys about them because that uh, might just very well be their next experience that they'll <laughs> offer. Right, so yeah, Farm Fit is coming soon. And of course, again, it helps support a family farm and ranch. Um, ways to work out essentially that help us um, with our farm that will enable you to, to get fit and also be able to experience nature. And so um, we've got some more of this stone crop or rock crop if anyone wants. Now, where are we, Nate? This is kind of a unique area, and I know yeah. it's used to... So behind us here is where uh, Chef Jason, or sorry, Jason the Butcher, um, would uh, train the soldiers that would come up here. And so this is a kind of an outdoor cooking setup. Now also available on Airbnb Experiences as a Colorado outdoor cooking experience. Um, and here we cook over fire and flame. So we'll get a good fire going, use the coal base, spread it around to d different exterior fires, and then... Um, do a variety of cooking based on um, what uh, you know what the guest is looking to learn, and then we all still play host, obviously, to some members of the military, mostly the 10th group when they come up from Fort Carson and their La Rochelle dining facility, um, and uh, just kind of a fun experience. Again, doing anything outside nowadays is um, just a little different, and so when you're able to get in nature in a place like this, it's a lot of fun, and uh, for families and kids and everybody and We've done quite a variety of meals, and usually we end them with, with s'mores, though. So I think <laughs> s'mores is a good way to end any outdoor meal. So Hey, Michelle, what a treat. As we forge for the day, we've got a lot of goodies. There's an experience inside of an experience. What, what can we do with them? Um, yeah, so one of the things that we do with um, the guests whenever they come up for the forging experience is we make a herbal tea. I like to use things like uh, cat's claw and pod de arco bark. And then we will gather some rose hips that we add to the tea and then have a little tea ceremony out in the field for the guests. How so fun is that? Yeah. So this is kind of a shrunken down version of the foraging expedition. But since we already have some great chefs here who just happened to be here for the weekend, we're going to take those wild onions and add them to the potato salad and um, kind of get going on a more of a farm tour and look at the property itself. Very cool. Hey, connect with nature, why don't you? And you can look it up online, graywolfresort.com, but Airbnb, it's Airbnb experiences, and Nate Rockwood and his girlfriend Michelle would love to have you on the property. Reach out for more information. We're going to continue to tour this property, and uh, go to Google and just search for Gray Wolf Resort. You can check out some cool videos that we've done here in the past. So for Nate Rockwood and the rest of our guests here, we're going to see you next time right here as the Modern Eater. We continue.